like to ask you to turn to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, going to look at verses 9 to 14 uh, and focus especially on, on verse 10. It is so thrilling to be back. Wow, have we missed the good fellowship of uh, North Avenue and, and uh, great, great, great to be um, with you all today. Um, certainly, we don't know for sure. Uh, it seems like hundreds of questions uh, about the virus I got when I was 10. I got diabetes. When I was 17, I broke my neck playing football, and so I can talk to the diabetes people a little bit and talk to the neck-breaking people a little bit, and they all have a little bit of a different opinion on uh, what would happen if the, if the virus attacked. I think the virus will be a little confused when it gets inside of me to say, what do we really do? This is messed up in here. Um, not really sure how to, how to attack that. I don't know. It might be to our, our advantage. Anyway, we're, we're, we're trying to do two things, really. Um, he kind of, as a family, is one, just have wisdom to know how to press on like Mark's going to teach us um, until the end. He began that good work. We'll carry it on to completion. And, uh, and we want to live like gangbusters for the Savior. And then two, just to trust God's sovereignty and providence that uh, you know, he's in heaven and he'll do as he pleased and to kind of do 100% of those two things. So, um, so we really, really appreciate the chance to be back. This is a fascinating passage. And um, I'd like to read 9 to 14 here. Bond servants. Let me get... Bond servants are to be submissive to their own master in everything. They are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself... a um, for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possessions who are zealous for good works. That last part, just have to read because what a great um, four-verse explanation of the gospel, thoroughly explaining how the gospel works. But verse 10 is what I would like to um, focus on. How are we, as we go to confession today, how are we adorning the doctrine of our God and Savior? You see, God our Savior used in verse 9 and then in verse 13 and uh, used um, more than often in, in Titus. How are we making the teaching of our Savior attractive? It used to say in NIV. Or beautifying the, gospel, the Bible, um, one commentator said. And so... Um, as much as Greg and Scott and uh, Mark have taught us in Philippians, I'd like to just remind us of five ways in the book of Philippians that we can adore in Scripture. First of all, to be joyful. Being joyful is contagious. Being joyful uh, adorns the doctrine of our God and Savior. Um, Twenty times, I think in the book of Philippians, I read that it mentions how we are to be be joyful. Secondly, we are to, as Greg taught us in chapter 2, be humble. Look at verse 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Each of you should not only look to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among you, which is 
um, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So we are to look at other people's concerns and needs ahead of our own humility. Um, a great way to make the teaching of our Savior um, attractive. Number three um, is in chapter four, 2, verse 14. Convicting to all of us, do all without grumbling or disputing. Do all things without grumbling. Or it reminded me of um, the Jose coming to love the Lord Jesus partially through Manuel's testimony of not gossiping. Manuel doesn't gossip. And uh, as Jose saw that, that made the teaching of our Savior attractive. So it's not what we do sometimes, but it's also maybe what we're not doing. And most of our ministry, we have ministry at church and a little bit of ministry here and there, but most of our ministry is at home or at the workplace. And so how are we uh, making the teaching of our Savior um, attractive at the, at the workplace? Um, I love that testimony of Jose's and Manuel's. Number four. Are we pressing on? Mark's going to teach and just read about that. Are we pressing on? Straining ahead. Look at three times in consecutive verses. Now, uh, verse 12. Chapter 3, verse 12. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. That's great logic there, isn't it? Be, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but something I do. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And so I think people will, will know how convinced we are of the gospel if we're all in. If we're pressing on. If we're straining ahead, people will see that. It will make the teaching of our Savior attractive, I think. And then Scott brilliantly taught on contentment. Chapter 4, verse 11, that we can be content um, in every, in all situations, in every situation. Verse 11, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. We learn that secret of being content, which knows that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. As we go to confession, maybe confess some of these five or other things that you can think about to say, how are we, um, am I making the teaching of our Savior attractive? And if not, um, let's confess that um, to the Lord. I'll give you a minute and I'll close this. Father, it's very challenging in, the, uh, in our day-to-day -day world as we look to submit to those who are um, above us, maybe our employer, um, I, to know how to make the teaching of our Savior uh, attractive uh, in the workplace. 
um, even in our home. And so, Lord, we're very thankful that uh, the grace of God has appeared and brought salvation and has trained us to renounce ungodliness, to redeem us from this ungodliness. And Lord, to cleanse us from all, and all of these sins, now zealous for good works. And Lord, I would, I would imagine today we would confess that um, we are somewhat zealous if we know the Lord Jesus, but, but oftentimes not zealous enough. And Lord, maybe not taking the steps that we need to really um, cultivate uh, all that you're doing in us. Thank you that you who began that good work um, that you are carrying on to completion. So Lord, we do confess a lack of joy. We do confess that sometimes we're not very content or maybe we're grumbling and, and complaining, uh, making even others miserable um, around us. We're not um, adorning the, the, the gospel not making the Bible um, attractive. Lord, we pray um, and confess that oftentimes we have pride that gets in the way. I think all of us deal with that. And, and Lord, we ask for a greater um, humility. And then Lord, we ask that we would press on. And as Mark teaches uh, today, um, we ask that we would um, strain ahead, that we would press on, not on our own flesh or by our own flesh, but instead trusting your power that um, wrote, that was enough to raise Jesus from the dead to, to change us. And we do thank you that you who began that good work, that you are carrying it on to completion. We pray, Father, now that um, we would um, live this life in a manner worthy of the gospel. We are so grateful that you have washed these sins away as far as east is from the west and that there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Use the rest of this service, Father, to bring you glory. And I thank you so much um, for the ministry and the people of North Avenue Church. Continue to use this for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.